What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling With Issues podcast here. Welcome to episode 208 of the YLP podcast. Kicking off your Memorial Day weekend in proper YLP fashion. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. It is Friday, May 22nd, 2020. And it is the beginning of Memorial Day weekend. Thus beginning the beginning of summer here in the Great Garden State. Fucking lockdown because our governor's a retard. But I digress. Yes, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of beachgoers coming this weekend. Not as many as we usually would get, um, because, you know, social distancing and limited numbers of beach badges. Mind you, my ass don't go to the beach, okay? I don't do the beach for the most part. Not a big fan. Don't like sand between my toes, and I don't really go in the water. Um, <laughs> it makes me sound so mean. But, no, I'm not a beach goer. I mean, I'm already tan. Got that down pretty much. Um, so I really don't have to get, get tanned or be tanned. Permitane, I win. Um, haha. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is not my thing. But if you are going to the beach this weekend, of course, be safe. Uh, if you were anywhere in Sandy Hook, I actually heard on NGA 101.5 that they will not be having lifeguards out there for Memorial Day weekend. So pretty much you are on your fucking own. That is going to be some interesting shit. Come this Monday when we hear some interesting news. But we ain't going to be talking about that news. We'll be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was AEW Double or Nothing this weekend. And before we get into all the festivities of today's episode, uh, we'll be talking about, of course, AEW Double or Nothing preview and predictions. We're going to have a good fun with good time with that, good fun, all that good shit. And, of course, we'll be uh, enjoying another installment of Light the Fuse as we talk about this past Wednesday's go-home show for AEW Double or Nothing. Before we get into all the good stuff, I got to pay some bills, kind of. Um... First and foremost, uh, y'all know this is being uh, put on across many different platforms, uh, but also the main three will be ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective, and of course, anchor.fm slash wrestleaddictradio. Those are the main three you can check out this podcast on, and of course, thank you so much for all your love and support and all that good stuff as well. As uh, just in case y'all didn't know, or you've been hiding under a rock for the past couple of days, I put it on my Instagram. Yes, we do have a Memorial Day sale going on. And of course, I'm going to talk about my uh, Teespring store over on teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection. Yes, I do have a Teespring store for those of you that didn't know. And where the hell have you been? Yes, we do have a sale going on as of right now pretty much and i'm gonna go on my instagram because i want to make sure i get this absolutely right because god forbid i'm wrong for more than three seconds so let me just get in there while i'm still recording i want to make sure that i'm still good and recording no youtube can go away there we go all right still recording i just got a new update on my phone so it's pretty easy um I just want to make sure I give you the correct code. Now, if you do go to uh, my Teespring store at teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection, if you use the code 
winning or uh, merch sale. I believe the one uh, code, I believe now the one is using is winning. Uh, you can get 10% off your entire purchase. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, merch sale, which is uh, M3RCH, the word sale, all one word, or winning at um, when, you, uh, when you go to checkout, you get 10% off your entire purchase. So whether you're going to be grabbing, so if you're going to be grabbing some sweet YLP merch, which I do uh, highly, uh, you know, recommend that you get yourself some for the summer. Uh, of course, I do. Cl- I got clothing. Uh, but before I even get to that, um, this is all curated by myself and my uh, my buddy Ricky. But this is uh, this was my curation. This was my image, um, the way I saw it, how I wanted to uh, sell to you guys. All in my image. So uh, I look, I kind of live like a little bit of an act, a moderately active lifestyle. So I kind of wanted to have a collection where, you know, I kind of want to have a couple things, you know, I, I knew I would wear. And then, you know, when I'm out and about, I see people wear and all that stuff. I'm not trying to be trendy or anything. I just want to have a dope ass collection. So I do have clothing for men, women, and of course, the young cubs uh, that I'm calling. Uh, you know, the, of course, we are all young lions. But for the little ones, they are all young cubs. And I do have uh, T-shirts in kids and toddler sizes for the uh, for the young cubs out there, ladies. Y'all gonna be uh, I'll be checking out some boyfriend tees, some flowy tees, flowy tank tops, and of course, uh, for all you ladies out there that like to be comfortable, I do have leggings out as well, multiple multiple colors. I got I got another color. You like pink? I got that. You got aqua? I got that. You got mint? I got that. Um, for my fellas out there, I got regular classic T-shirts. Uh, I wish they'd had V-necks, but a hey, beggars can't be choosers as well as tank tops for my fellas out there who like to go to the gym, sun's out, gun's out, you know how we get down, uh, as well as I have accessories like tapestries, beach towels for all my beachgoers out there. Um, it'll take a little bit of a while before you actually get that. Coffee mugs, socks, because you know I am a sock guy, and I love me a good pair of socks, trust me when I tell you. Um, and I think there will be nothing better to put on your feet, since I can't have slippers, not yet, uh, then a nice pair of YLP socks, and they look good. Trust me, they will be comfortable on your feet. 100% cotton. Can't go wrong with that. Um, yeah, all of that for I think it was a, where I believe is a very good price. Uh, yeah, check it out. Check out, and of course, if you go to checkout, I believe merch sale with a, uh, the first E being a three, or winning at checkout 10% off when you go to checkout. There's nothing wrong with that. This sale will be running through until at least midnight on Monday. So you might want to go check that out right now. You got the entire weekend to check it out, especially Monday. For I know most of you guys are going to be home. Of course, if you're, if you are an essential worker, Monday is usually a day off for most of you, except for me, because I got to be to work on Monday, but we're gonna, not going to talk about that right now. Um, yeah, 10% off your entire purchase when you go to teespring.com slash the dash YLP collection. And I'll talk about all the rest of the stuff towards the end of today's episode. And now that I am seven minutes in, and we got past all the... I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Um, usually, I would be talking about this towards the end of the show, but I know this is a really big sale for all of us here at Isolate Act Radio. Um, so, yeah, definitely get you some merch. If you're looking to get some sweet MyLP, YLP merch for the summer, why not get you some from your boy and rep the YLP universe in the best way possible and and on top of that if you do get yourself some ylp merch why not hit me up on my twitter at suede senator war uh with that using the hashtag we are war 
And uh, yeah, tag me in a post. You know, send me a photo. DM me with your photos because I would love to see you rocking some YLP merch, YLP coffee mug, YLP beach towel, tote bag, whatever you're getting. Tag me in it at Sweet Senator War. And I would love to see it. I'll definitely retweet your stuff once you get in your stuff. It may take a little bit because of, you know, coronavirus be damned. But definitely, I would love to see you guys in some YLP merch this summer. Looking clean, looking fly. Ladies, get the leggings. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would definitely love to see what you guys rocking it the best way possible. Get your summer right. Now that we got that out of the way, that's the, that's the big thing going on right now. Let us get into AEW's Double or Nothing. And before we even do that, I'm going to take myself a sip of some vitamin water because I know it's going to be a very long show. Ooh, feels good. All right. So, we have nine matches on the card, but the possibility of going over 500 for the month of May after a dreadful WrestleMania... (laughs) We didn't do so hot with our WrestleMania picks. I didn't even check the numbers. I didn't even want to. I knew I was going to have an abysmal weekend in terms of predictions. Um, right now, we are 4-2 and two in the standings, which uh, I am in my own division. Uh, Mumu said, my dog Marley said she went 6-0. and oh. I don't believe it one fucking bit, but you can take it however you want to. But I would love nothing more than to go end the month of May over 500 for the month of May, going into June, where we know we have NXT TakeOver uh, in your house and Backlash. And I would love nothing more than to go into the month of June knowing we are over 500. I'm gonna, I may try to keep a running record, you know, from between, you know, from May till the end of the year, if I actually do remember what how the hell I picked. So, in terms of double or nothing, though, I have to say, this has been the kind of build that I hope they would do. They didn't really ramp things up until the beginning of the month. And I've gone through all the emotions, all the grief cycle and all that shit in terms of certain matches. Uh, most importantly, the Lance Archer Cody match for the inaugural TNT championship. Um, it, I didn't, I thought, I said from the beginning, if they went Cody Lance Archer, this was the kind of match that we didn't need for the TNT Championship. But you know what? Here's the thing. Our minds can change. Opinions can change in, in, a, in a blink of an eye if we see how everything goes. And I did say that as well. If they give me a an, something to invest in towards their build, the build towards the match, I can invest in it. I can get behind it. And you know what? They've convinced me. I am behind this match strongly. I cannot wait to see it in full. This is going to be a very good matchup, I think. Um, this is definitely going to be one of the marquee matchups for the card, which is which is not surprising. Uh, we're going to have Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes in the corner of Cody, and Jake Roberts in the corner of Lance Archer, which is going to be a good match. And of course, Mike Tyson is going to be in attendance, giving, handing the, presenting the first ever inaugural. TNT champion with the belt, and I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's going to look clean. It's going to look dope. Um, I know I'm going to see one of my buddies tomorrow night. Hopefully I'm able to, maybe we'll watch it together. I don't know. I'll bring my laptop. I got, I still got to pay for it. Um, <laughs> it, it is a pretty penny, but it is worth every penny. The last few times I've paid for pay-per-views, uh, full gear revolution. And now we're heading off to double or nothing. Um, it's going to be, a, it's this match alone can definitely pay for itself. 
We also have one of the marquee, the big one of the marquee matchups, of course, the stadium stampede match between the elite and the inner circle. Um, of course, with Matt Hardy being part, uh, joining the elite in this five on five fray, this is going to be one of those matches where I'm going to think you know, where, where you're going to suspend your disbelief because you're, you're going to be fighting all over TIAA bank field. It's going to be an insane, it's going to be literally inmates running the asylum in that matchup. I won't say it's the main event, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if this matchup is your main event of the evening for uh, double or nothing. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. We knew we were supposed to get blood and guts uh, two months ago, and unfortunately, coronavirus be damned, um, we didn't get that. So this kind of makes up for it for now, in a sense, and hopefully we still get blood and guts sometime towards all out in August. Um, fingers crossed big time because still, I think we deserve to see that match. I know AEW wants to give us that match. So at least for the time being with this matchup, um, this actually is a nice little, um, it's a nice little, uh, little, little, you know, we can't do this for you right now. So we thought of a way to at least give you something along the lines. Now, I know when they do Blood and Guts, Cody will be involved with this one. Um, but for right now, the Stadium Stampede match is going to still be a straight-up banger. The main event, one of the main events, if not what should be the main event of the evening, of course, is the AEW World Championship between Dean... No, I was about to say, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's me smacking my hand, by the way. John Moxley... And Brody Lee. I can't say the W. I'm not going to say the WWE names. That's just me. Um, but think of it as two guys that came out of WWE who were kind of underutilized towards the end of their runs in WWE. And they are now prominent main event guys who literally have switched things up. Of course, since Moxley has parted ways with WWE, he has actually done fantastic for himself, putting out bangers in New Japan, competing in the G1 Climax, becoming the IWGP United States Champion. Um, still, still the owner of that by belt, by the way. So yeah, um, beating Chris Jericho back in February for the AEW World Title, and yeah, I I see no reason why, you know, this match isn't going to be a banger. I wouldn't even consider it a dark horse match of the night. This is a match of the night candidate without question. Um, I'm very excited to see what they do with this matchup. Um. I think this match is going to be a straight-up good-ass match with two guys who definitely can go, who have fought each other before in WWE, and, you know, have somewhat a familiarity with each other. This build has... Mind you, most of these build matches have had only three weeks' worth of build, and it made it seem as if it was, like, six or seven weeks, which makes me quite happy with the, with the amount they have done with these feuds. Um, with these, just these three feuds alone, they have actually nailed all of it. It has been quite fantastic to watch and they have done quite well for themselves. And this card at first glance, when you look at it is going to be, is an interesting one because of the fact that, you know, there's so many very, there's so many good matches that can actually land on the, that are on this card that can actually hit hard and really, uh, captivate all of us watching it, you know, that we'll be watching at home. Um, tomorrow night. I can't wait for this card, and I see no other reason to keep blathering on about the preview. So let us, ladies and gentlemen, even as I assumed your genders, begin our predictiones for AEW Double or Nothing. Of course, we're going to start with the buy-in, which is the reason that they're trying to get you to watch uh, 
double or nothing tomorrow night. But I think even this match alone could have been on the main card and I would have been perfectly happy with it. So the buy-in matchup is a number one contenders tag team match. Winner, it becomes the top contenders for the AEW World Championship. The private party going up against the best friends. Now, I really haven't seen the private party as of late, nor have I seen AEW Dark as of late. So I haven't really seen the private party perform, um, honestly, in a couple of months, which is kind of weird because I am a big fan of private party. I stand private party. I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, They are really good in the ring. Of course, the upset back in uh, October uh, with the beginning of the AEW World Tag Team Title Tournament, defeating the Young Bucks in the first round. Can't go wrong with that. Um, They've been done quite well for themselves. And as of late, you know, they have been on a bit of a streak from what I've read. The best friends though, have been more prominent on AEW dynamite. And we've seen them compete, you know, of course, Trent Beretta taking on Kenny Omega. You've seen Chucky e. T in a couple matches. They just competed against Jurassic express on dynamite. They've really done. They've really had a hell of a streak uh, ever since the whole uh, Omega Beretta matchup. They've really done quite well for themselves and really have made the case to be the top top contenders in the tag team division and this match will be the the definitive matchup to determine who will get the next shot at kenny omega and hangman page and i honestly see in my heart of hearts the best friends defeating the private party i think right now um i really haven't seen much of private party and kenny omega and them um having matches with them we've seen matches with the best friends and kenny omega we've seen that so there's a bit more chemistry there, and I think that's what they're leaning towards right now. Um, that's not to say private party are no slashes. They are damn good in the ring. I've seen them, you know, when they were in, you know, you know, you know, House of Glory, doing their damn thing, going up against the Young Bucks. What did it No, not Young Bucks. You know, going up against you know Pentagon Junior Ray Feet and the Lucha Bros. They have definitely done well for themselves ever since they've left House of Glory. Um, which is a New York-based company, New York-based indie promotion, and they've been pumping out some damn good talent. Um, Violet, um, of course, Private Party. Um, I can't even think of their names right now. That's kind of sad. That's kind of mean. Anthony Gangone, of course, Amazing Red runs the show over there. Um, one of the one of the uh, train one of the head trainers, if and part co- and part owner of the company, which is now owned by Master P. Uh, fun fact, real shit. Actually, you can look that up right now. It is, it is, he's the new head guy, of, uh, HOG, real shit. Um, which I think is awesome. And he's a hell of a businessman, keeps his stuff quiet. Very, very nice. But for me personally, I think the best friends right now are the, are the right choice to make in terms of what we're, what I think is going to happen. Um, of course, we know the Dark Order was that we're the top contenders for a, quite a while, but of course, with inactivity goes a drop in the rankings and they actually made finally the right drop uh putting dark order at number two because of course coronavirus be damned grayson and evil uno are living canada so they aren't able to leave the country which is quite unfortunate but at least birdie lee's been holding down the fort as of late and i think he's been and it's, and it's i think it's actually a good thing um not to say it's not a good thing to see, not have uno and grayson um not be a part of dynamite but understandably you know they're in canada they have to stay it's, they're they're locked down like a motherfucker up there so but Brody lee has been taking care of business and they've been acting accordingly with Brody lee so right now it makes sense to have the best friends become the top contenders for page and hangman's champion uh page and uh omega settle excuse me 
So it wouldn't surprise me in that sense. So, yeah, I'm going with best friends to become the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Now that we have Pangman Page back, um, we'll definitely be seeing the eventual breakup of Page and Omega, thus allowing the best friends to win the Tag Team Championships and possibly get into a feud with the Dark Order or maybe a private party rematch, whatever comes their way. But I see the best friends right now gunning for those Tag Team Championships, and I think they have the most momentum out of both either of these teams anyway. So... I'm going to go with Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta to get that number one spot. Moving on, we have a late shoot-in for the uh, for the card. Dustin Rhodes is going to be on the card this Saturday night as he was challenged by Mr. Sean Spears, of course, uh, the challenge being laid down this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Sean Spears saying pretty much, you know, Dustin's pretty much has nothing left. He's retired. Fake news. Um, <laughs> and um, so this is one of those matches where it's a it's, it's a it's a straight up gimme matchup. I I mean either way you can go and it would be an interesting match. But you know who I'm gonna go with in this matchup? I'm gonna go with Sean Spears. As you may you may be just to have and I I believe I just heard the collective gasp. Come come into my ears in my own little world. I'm going to go with Sean Spears. That's not to say Dustin isn't going to put on a good match. He will be. But I, I, I really think they need to start really putting Spears over. It's it was only a matter. I'm I'm thinking in my head like, man, Spears really needs. I mean, he's been doing, of course, two nut matches and whatnot. He's been showing his ass. But now I think he needs to step up in competition. And here's what I could see happening. He beats Dustin Rhodes at double or nothing and starts to, and of course they have the TNT uh, championship this Saturday night. I'm not saying the winner of said tournament is going to lose to Sean Spears for the TNT championship. That would just be quite hilarious. But I can see Sean Spears in that battle royal for the uh, AEW TNT Championship number one contenders battle royal. And maybe he wins. But I but I think right now, honestly, believe right now, Sean Spears really needs the rub. And I think a victory for Sean Spears would definitely go a long way into beginning a push for Sean Spears going forward into June. And as we start the road to all out, I think, I think Sean Spears will be a very prominent figure going into the summer as well. He should be, I think right now, um, I think they see that it is now time for Sean Spears to get a little bit of a push. And I think starting with Dustin Rhodes would be a great way to begin that. I'm not saying Dustin Rhodes is a stepping stone. The motherfucker's a living legend. Let that shit be known. But honestly, for my money, Sean Spears right now definitely needs the victory more than Dustin does. And I can see Sean Spears winning tomorrow night at AEW Double or Nothing. Real shit. Moving on. Got my phone way too close to me. My apologies. Let me see where we're at here. Let's go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Chris Statlander. This match came about, of course, with um, during the, I believe it was the women's fatal four way 
um, last week with Penelope Ford, Ikarushita, Dr. Britt Baker, of course, and Chris Statlander. And, of course, we'll be discussing the women's tag match in just a little bit. The reason this match came about was because after Sheeta got the victory, hitting the running knee on Penelope Ford and getting the three count, Baker was on the outside putting the lockjaw on Chris Statlander. And, yeah, that's how we got to where we are now. Of course, we had the match this past Wednesday, the tag match between uh, Baker and Rose and Sheeta and Statlander. We'll be discussing all that, like I said, in Light the Fuse later on. This is kind of one of those matchups that I like to see. You know, of course, you have your big title match, you know, between Sheeta and Rose. That's all well and good. That's not going to be anything bad. But it's nice to see something underneath that. We're going to get two women's matches on this card, which makes me quite happy. Um, It shows that they're actually evolving a little bit, showing a little bit of growth. And I know these four ladies, Rose, Sheeta, Baker, and Statlander, are your top tier of the women's division. So why not have all four of them be featured on on the main card? And safe to say, both women's matches are going to be on the main card, which is primo stuff for yours truly, which is really, really puts a smile on my face that we're going to get to see two women's matches on the card instead of just a single match on the card shows a little bit of growth and shows that there are, there are top tier players within this division that you can really build around. And then you can have ladies like Gibbs, like Priestley, like uh, Penelope Ford, Anna J big swole and whoever else and Re- little miss Riho um, and any other ladies you want to start building around because these, I think four are, you're going to be complete foundation of this division. And I always thought, and I never really talked about this for the most part. Um, usually they build around one. Um, and you don't want to do that. I rather not build just around one. I want to build around at least three or four. Um, usually somewhere between two and four are the people are the, you know, two and four pieces that you can easily build around. And I think these four ladies here, Rose, Sheeta, Baker, and Statlander are, are the four you can easily build around. And like I said, ladies like Gibbs, like Priestley, like Anna J, like Lil Miss Riho, like Penelope Four, Big Swole, you know. And, and as you start to bring in more, t- bring back, bring back your talent, um, you could you start having feuds like an Anna J and a and a Sheeta. You can have a Statlander take on a, a a Rose. Hopefully, it's better than their match at AEW Revolution because that was actually trash. Um, a, a Baker Rose. A Sheeta, yeah, and of course you had a Sheeta Baker little ba- uh, Sheeta Baker mini feud going on, and now we get Statlander and Baker. In terms of who to pick, I'm not saying the answer is obvious, but I think the answer here is quite simple. I have a strange feeling that, and, and this is just gut for the most part. I have a gut that gut strange gut feeling that they're going to go with Britt Baker to get the victory here. And that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Britt Baker to take the victory over Statlander. I think for some reason, it's not to say Statlander is just a step behind. It's just I think right now, I think they're building towards Baker possibly becoming the AEW Women's Champion somewhere down the line. That Now, we can talk, when we talk about the uh, Women's Championship, it could be a little different. I don't know where they're going to really go with it. It, it. It's one of those things where it's just like, okay, you can go Statlander and win. And that wouldn't be an issue to me because I, like I said, I like both. I like all four of these, uh, these ladies, of course, Rose, Sheeta, Baker and Statlander. But I think right now, I think the hot hand is with Baker. Um, 
Statlander will be waiting in the wings for a shot. Don't get that twisted. Let's not get it twisted 100%, y'all. Statlander is good. She can go in the ring. But I think right now, Baker has the hot hand. She's, of course, been doing vignettes of becoming a role model and all that good stuff. She's doing work with Tony Schiavone, all this stuff. I think the momentum right now is on Baker's side, which is what which is what helps me lean towards Baker getting the victory over Statlander. I think this is actually going to be a solid women's matchup. And I'm actually going to declare this my dark horse match of the night. I always have one. Um for pay-per-views and all that stuff. I always have one per card and I'm actually going to get, put the stamp on it for Baker and Statlander. I know normally this is, you know, I normally don't, for some reason don't really have the ladies um, as dark horse match of the night, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion in my brain that Baker and Statlander is going to be a lot better than I think people are going to think it's going to be. And that makes for what I'm going to call a good dark horse match of the night going with Baker to take the victory but I think this match would be better than a lot of people anticipate or as Lee Corso used to say it better you know better than the experts think let me see here but what we can see how many I got so I did that one I did that one I did hmm, this one and I think I'm gonna do one more before we take a break and I'm going to go with MJF versus Jungle Boy. Before we take a break here on episode 208 of the YLP podcast. Like I said, this is going to be a long show. So, you know, get your popcorn ready. Um, this, I think, is actually simpler than a lot of people expect. And it foresh- and if you, are, if you haven't caught it yet, there is some foreshadowing. And I had to thank my buddy Malik for this one. Because um, he kind of... We kind of talked about it a little bit this week. Um, he's, he's just as big an AEW fan as I am. He likes the product. He likes what he brings to, like, brings to the table. And I think we're both in the same wing length. And he, when he brought it up, I was thinking the same exact thing. Now, I'll explain that in the next segment. So, you know, rock with me on this one. And I think I may start off with um, one patch in particular that will make all the sense in the world. Now, I'm going to go with Jungle Boy. To defeat MJF. And I'll explain everything when I get into the casino ladder match. But I think this is actually going to be a fun little matchup. Um, the past couple of weeks, of course, MJF and Warlow have been pains in the Jurassic Express's side. Of course, with, you know, MJF pretty much throwing Marco Stunt's 12-year-old, 23-year-old uh, ass into the barricade. He's so t- him so tiny. Him so tiny, though. But he does work in the ring, which I think is cool. But... You know, like I said, is a reason why. So I'm not trying to divulge too much, but I think you're going to catch it once we start the next segment. Um, but I think Jungle Boy's going to get one over on MJF. Bless you. And this is going to be one of those fun. I would I would have loved to put the Dark Horse match of the night on this matchup, but I think for some reason Baker and Statlander is going to be better than the than the experts think, so they can suck it. But this is going to be a very fun matchup between MJF and Jungle Boy. And I think it's going to be a very shock victory for Jungle Boy. I think him coming back into the swing of things. And I am so high on Jungle Boy. Of course, son of Luke Perry. Uh, the late Luke Perry, unfortunately. But, you know, Jungle Boy Jack. Can't go wrong with him. I like his look. I like the way he gets down in the ring. I think he's definitely going to get one over on um, 
MJF big time. Um, I have a feeling Luchasaurus and Wardlow are going to have a bit of a uh, standoff in this matchup, which I hope leads to a match between Luchasaurus and Wardlow. I need that shit. I need it. I think it's going to be a, that would be a dope match to have on Dynamite. Do not put it on AEW Dark. That is a Dynamite match, you sons of bitches. You get that shit right. Um, but I think Jungle Boy getting the victory here, I think, would be a shock one. It would unfortunately give MJF his first loss in AEW. But I think that would be quite hilarious, given the fact that Jungle Boy would be the one to beat him. But if you still haven't caught it, I'll explain it all in the next segment. Yes, we're going to be, this is a two-parter here, of course, with the uh, opening of this, of the show being a little bit longer than I anticipated. So when we come back, we're going to do the remainder of the AEW Double or Nothing card. Of course, talking about Cody and Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Championship. John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW World Championship. The Casino Ladder match with, with the winner getting an AEW World Championship matchup. The no disqualification, no countout match for the AEW Women's World Championship between Nyla Rose and Nakaro Shida. And of course, the Stadium Stampede match between Matt Hardy and the Elite taking on the Inner Circle. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back talking about AEW Double or Nothing Preview and Predictions for Episode 208 of the YLP Podcast. And we're going to get into the second half of the Double or Nothing card here. So let's start off, actually, with the Casino Ladder Match. With the winner receiving a future AEW World Title Matchup. Now, as I explained... In the last segment, uh, the end of the last segment, with MJF and Jungle Boy. There's a reason why I did it the way I did with this. And I explained why the guy I work with, Malik, he and I were discussing, of course, um, this match in particular. And we both came to the same conclusion. Now, we do know the eight of the nine participants in this matchup, that being Darby Allen. Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. Which is perfectly fine. But we still don't know the ninth in particular. We both came to the same conclusion. We both believe MJF is not only going to become the ninth participant, but we both believe that MJF will win the casino ladder match. And I'll explain why. It's very, very simple if you think about it. Let's go back to MJF's promo after AEW Revolution. You remember that one? You sure you do? Are you sure you do? The one where he, you know, I have the I pin Cody t-shirt and pretty much staked his claim to gunning for John Moxley in the AEW World Championship. This is a method that has been so tried, so fucking true. Especially, it's more so when it comes to money in the bank ladder matches, too. If you think about it. Actually, come to think of it, this kind of reminds me of Becky Lynch, too. You know, Becky Lynch had her shot to win back, uh, I believe at the time, was the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, This was actually last year. Lost to Asuka. 
in the women's championship matchup, went on to the Royal Rumble, and as number 30, because Lana got an injury, won the Royal Rumble, and then we began the road to Becky Mania, where she will be had the women's triple threat main event. Same scenario, different situation. MJF will lose to Jungle Boy, but he will not lose the casino ladder match. And think of it like this. With the format, every, I think it was every two minutes, um, a participant will join in the fray. I guarantee you they're going to have MJF and Jungle Boy earlier on in the night just to ensure that that would be the red herring. This is your red herring. MJF Jungle Boy is the red herring. And I guarantee you, for some reason in my head, they're going to start either either going to have MJF and Jungle Boy begin the begin the night or they're going to have this, you know, somewhere in the beginning of the show as a way for MJF to actually cool off, relax, chill, knowing he's going to have to wrestle a second match and I even I'll even go as far to say that he'll be the ninth part, he'll be the final participant to come out. After everybody's been beat up, after everybody's been taken out, there's no disqualifications. Wardlow's not going to be involved in a match. He's going to take out Luchasaurus easily. You know, Kazarian and uh, Sky will be in, well, of course, we'll be doing some tag shit. Um, I'm sure that, you know, Dark, you know, the Dark Order goons will probably be, the Creepers will be coming out and attacking them. Uh, Orange Cassidy will probably have to deal with some shit with Ray Phoenix. So he and those two, which would leave Alan Cabana and MJF. Wardlow at that point, I think, would probably take out Gabbana and Allen and allow MJF to climb the ladder, retrieve the chip, and receive a future AEW World Championship match. And I can easily even tell you where this championship match will take place. All out. Follow the bouncing ball, ladies and gentlemen. This is not hard when you think about it. This is literally tailor-made for MJF to swoop in, retrieve the chip, and earn a future world title shot against Moxley, going all the way back to after AEW Revolution. I'll make you think about it for a moment. This is literally tailor-made for an MJF victory. And Malik, I got to shout out one to you. Because, you know, the fact that we brought it up in conversation, you brought it up in conversation, and I was rocking right there with you the whole time. We were on the same win lake. It just makes sense. Any other time, I would literally have. Any other time, I would literally have Darby Allen winning this match. Not even going to lie to y'all. Any other time. I would, you know, simply just pick Darby Allen and be fine with it and have my reasoning as to why. But MJF, I think right now, is the guy that, that is going to be gunning for that AEW World Championship. It makes all the sense in the world. It really does. When you honestly think about it, I know a lot of people at Phoenix and AEW is going to, if she ever listens to this, is going to kill me. Because she, I mean, in terms of... um. Character-wise, she does not like MJF one bit. And trust me, I've messed with her on a couple of occasions. Enjoy, of course, in jest, in jest. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can easily see MJF 
waltzing into that casino ladder match, being the ninth participant, winning the ladder match, and then ensuring a world championship match, of course, at all out in August. Now that we got that fun part out of the way, let us get into the championship matches and, of course, the big five-on-five deal that we have with the Stadium Stampede match. Let us begin with Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. Fucking moth and shit. Fuck out of here. No disqualification. No countouts for the AEW Women's World Championship. Now, I have stated that All Out would have been the best place for Shida to become the Women's World Champion. Um, but when you are number the number one to top contender, number one in the rankings for 12 straight weeks, um, it can't be denied that you honestly deserve a title shot. And it makes all the sense in the world to have her um, be the number one contender for the Women's World Championship here at Double or Nothing, which kind of bums me out just a tad bit and makes the pick for me a little bit easier than most people would think. Now, I know this is going to be a banger. I think this will actually be a banger of a matchup. Um, will it Will it surpass Rio and Nyla Rose's the best women's match in the history of AEW so far? It has that possibility. But people are still souring on the women's division as of late. And I can thoroughly understand that. And I'll have my, and I'll, I'll, trust me, I'll be discussing that when we get to light the fuse. And I'll discuss my gripes um, with the women's division and a couple other things that I had a couple woo, moments with on, on light the fuse this week. But I think if any two ladies can really make people believe in the division, it is Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. Shida's a fighter. Sheeta is a true dried and true baby face all the way through. Rose is the native beast. She is a heel personified 100%, a true heel versus baby face matchup. We have here now that you're adding in no disqualifications, no count outs. The creativity can go up a couple more levels, which is a fun thing for me. You can have a little bit more fun of it, have a little, a couple more spots to do in this matchup than just a straight up one on one matchup. And a lot of things can happen. Now, we've already seen, you know, Sheeta do a superplex on Rose and put her through a table. We've seen that. We've seen Sheeta get cracked upside the head with a kendo stick, uh, which was quite fucking hilarious, regardless. Um, But for me, honestly, I'm going to go with Nyla Rose to retain her championship. I still think it's a little bit too early for... Rose to be dropping the championship. I want a dominant reign out of Nyla Rose. Um, it just makes sense to have a dominant reign in Nyla Rose. I don't know who would be the one to take it, especially when we start leaning towards all out season. Um, if we're going to go baby faces, I don't think Baker will fit the bill either. I don't know. I would think I would think to my because I would because I personally had Baker being the next one in line at double or nothing. But Sheeta and Rose have had more interaction with each other than Baker and Rose have. Now, they did have some interaction in their tag match, but that's a little bit different. We're not we're talking long term. We're not talking in the short term. So Sheeta and, and Rose made the most sense to have a title match. And plus, Sheeta was on a fucking hot streak. Can't can't really knock that at all. I just think right now Rose is still the hot hand in the women's division. She is a dom. She is she is, she has dominant written all over her, and I think she just honestly deserves a dominant title reign. 
lasting at least a few more months. Now, will I do I think all out maybe the place she drops the championship? I don't know. Would it be the best place to do it? Kinda. But we won't know until we get there and then we actually see who would be the next women's champion. We don't know who that one will be just yet, given the fact that coronavirus be damned. Um, we really haven't seen the remainder of the division actually compete. You know, uh, I mean, I don't watch AEW Dark as often as I'd like to. Fortunately, unfortunately, I haven't seen it in just a couple of months. But um, I still would want to see a Gibbs. A pre- I know Priestley and Rose definitely had interaction prior to this coronavirus starting. So that would be something I like. I like to see them revisit Sadie Gibbs. I think that would, she would be an excellent choice, and I think she has. A, she would be one hell of a baby face. Um, Allie, of course, as well. But she's a heel now, and damn good looking one at that. Again, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Um, but I think for right now, Rose still has the hot hand. I think she's white hot as a heel. It it just makes sense for her to retain. I think this is going to be a damn good matchup. I it, this would this is not even this wasn't even my radar for Dark Horse match tonight because it's a very prominent title match. Um. But I hope this actually come comes across better than people are souring on, especially with what happened this past Wednesday in the tag match. I'm I can see that a lot of people are still souring on it as well. Um, again, I am an advocate for the women's division. I do want to see them grow. I do want to see them do well. But I do have to criticize the forum, even if the shots perfect. It bees what it bees. Um, there's nothing I can really do about that. You know that. You know, and I'm not trying to give up too much. Carlos Hyde's now a Seahawk. Sweet. Um, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Helps our receive. That's our that's our uh, running back cord. Very nice. Um, but I think Rose right now has the hot hand, and there's not much we can really say or do about that. You got to keep the title on Rose right now, unless they're thinking because they really don't have anyone else. You know, they have more baby faces than they do heels, and I think Sheeta. You know, it sucks. It would. I mean. At any other time, I would say All Out would be the place for Sheeta to take that spot because I wanted to be her. I wanted to see her in the in the Chicago crowd with the people fighting for Sheeta, and of course, the crowd loves Sheeta. You know, but right now they have to go with the hot hand for both. But right now, I think Rose still retains over Hikaru Sheeta, and I think that match will be a little bit better than people expect. Hopefully, now we move on to let's see who I got. What do I got left? Ah, okay. Let us go to the tournament final to crown the first ever AEW TNT champion. That being Cody, who will have Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes in his corner. Lance Archer will have Jake the Snake Roberts in his corner. And the winner of said match will receive the first ever AEW TNT championship from none other than the former baddest man on the planet himself, Iron Mike Tyson. Yes. Um, when they made the announcement last uh, last week, um, that sent a shockwave throughout. And then we found out Tony Khan and Mike Tyson are actually good friends uh, who met last year. I believe it was at Double or Nothing. And, they, and, and Mike Tyson said he became a fan. He was a fan. Um, so... He said, he's like, you know what? I'm going to have him here at AEW or nothing to present the AEW TNT championship to either Cody or Lance Archer. And I think that's going to be a pretty cool thing to see. 
a pretty cool moment for us all to see Mike Tyson uh, back for the first time since, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, well, you know. Yeah. But. Don't mind me, I'm just looking at some things. Don't mind me, I'm just looking through my group chat. Interesting things in that group chat, I swear. But let's talk about this matchup. Now, I have stated from the beginning of this tournament that having Cody and Lance Archer be in the final would be a solid detriment to the not only the championship, but it didn't need to be the match that we needed to see for the title. And if it got to a point where this was going to be the match for the championship, they would they would definitely strongly convince me that this would be the match that we needed to see. Now, they've they did A, which was get to Cody and Lance Archer in the final, and that pissed me off. But when they got to, they actually accomplished B as well. And have strongly convinced me and changed my mind that this was the proper match that we needed to see. This was the only match that had the most story behind it, given the fact that Cody and Jake the Snake Roberts had interaction many moons ago when Jake the Snake Roberts told Cody, we don't want just a piece of the pie. We want the entire damn thing. And they meant that. I don't know why my, my dog is whining. She might be because we're feeding squirrels. I don't know. Um, but. In terms of, you know, everything that's gone on the past four or five weeks with this build up to Cody versus Lance, they have done a very very wonderful job in convincing us this was the match that we needed to see for the for the AEW TNT Championship. Cody needs this title, he states. He states he needs the championship. Lance Archer wants it to to pretty much solidify that he is a fucking beast. Here's how I see it. For all you Cody stands out there, and y'all know I love me some Cody as well, he ain't winning the TNT Championship on Saturday night. This title is going to go to Lance Archer. I think it easily makes sense for Archer to become the first ever AEW TNT champion. Cody winning it would be fine. I wouldn't be mad at it one bit. Not at all. I hope the match itself is actually as good as the build to this matchup. And I think that it will. I think it'll easily be in my, more than likely be in my top three for matches of the night without question. And, um... It just wouldn't surprise me one fucking bit. It wouldn't, it wouldn't at all. It really wouldn't. If Cody won the TNT championship, I know there will be some Cody detractors saying, oh, he only did it, you know, because he's part, because he's, you know, executive of the company. And that is a, and and that in and of itself would be a cop out. Y'all know that. I know that. For people, for for you regular listeners out there of the YLP podcast, you would kind of believe that is a bit of a cop out. Cody winning it honestly wouldn't 
hurt Lance Archer, but I don't see Lance Archer taking his first loss just yet. Cody can take a loss. Lance Archer can't. Lance Archer's undefeated in AEW. Cody is not. Keep that in mind. What we are trying to do here is establish Lance Archer as a fucking beast. Now, granted, he already is. We've established that. And I believe somebody just got Frosties from Wendy's. Don't mind me. I'm just looking out my window and being an observant neighbor. Um, <laughs> damn, now I want a Frosty. Eh, I'll live. Um, but, you know, Lance Archer and the TNT Championship go hand in hand. I think I, I can honestly see, you know, possibly Mike Tyson getting into the fray a little bit, you know, possibly knocking someone upside the forehead with a right piece. And trust me, we've seen the videos of Mike Tyson um, doing that. So still at 53 years old, still and be able to throw punches like he was 21 again. Speed's still there. He's still got it. But. I can I would I would rather see Lance Archer hold the championship than Cody win the championship because even though yeah Cody may need it all he wants but we all know Lance Archer is the one that needs to hold the championship for a little bit of time until someone babyface wise and I do have someone in mind who could take it but I'll keep that one to myself you can figure out your own on that one but I'm gonna go with Lance Archer to become the first ever. AEW TNT champion. We then move on to the AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus Brody Lee. As I stated in the preview in the last segment, Moxley Lee is two guys who came from WWE were underutilized in the tail end of their runs in WWE and now have been wonderfully booked in AEW since their arrivals in All Elite. Of course, Brody Lee being, you know, the exalted one of the Dark Order and Moxley, you know, coming back, you know, actually, literally, <clears throat> one year ago, making his AEW debut in double at Double or Nothing, taking out Kenny Omega, and then we got Moxley Omega, which was fan-fucking-tastic, and Moxley went through the grinder, took on the entire inner circle, and became AEW World Champion at AEW Revolution this past February. I think this matchup in and of itself, this matchup is going to be a fun, hard-hitting, back-and-forth, beat-down, strong-style kind of matchup that I love. And these are two guys that will easily be able to do it. Now, I don't think Brody Lee will have the Creepers involved. This is just strictly between Moxley and Lee. Whatever happens, happens. But this match harkens back to Spring Stampede 98, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. And that will be another story. And that's a, probably a Secret Files episode in and of itself of why I love this pay-per-view. Um, that pay-per-view pretty much was the turning point for the NWO. 
the reason we got the separation of NWO Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack and what became, you know, a interesting time in 98, you know, which I thought was fan-fucking-tastic and, of course, turns everywhere, you know, you know, betrayals, all that shit. It was absolutely the a three-hour edition of Game of Thrones as you could get, but that's neither here nor there. But I honestly do believe that John Moxley is going to retain the championship. But let, let's go back to Spring Stampede '98 and why I think this kind of harkens in my mind. For those of you who have watched Spring Stampede '98, and if you haven't, please do go on the WWE Network and check that out. It is a fantastic pay per view. Undercard's a little bit dookie, but as but once you get past the um, Steiner Bagwell and Luger Steiner matchup, dude, it is a wild roller coaster ride for the rest of the night. Holy shit! It was I still I still think of those matches to this day. But one match that always comes back to me when I think of Lee versus Moxley is Raven versus Diamond Dallas Page for the United States Championship. Raven's rules. Why? At the time, DDP was actually the United States Heavyweight Champion, but Raven was the one who came out with the belt. Kind of the same way it will be Saturday night when Brody Lee comes out as the quote-unquote, self-proclaimed AEW world champion. Kind of harkens back to that moment. Now, in this case, in that case, Raven beat DDP and became the United States champion, then lost it the next night on Nitro to none other than fucking Goldberg, who pretty much was just in his bag and destroying everyone in sight of 98. But... This particular story will have a different ending. And of course, I'm going to go with John Moxley to retain the AEW World Championship, take back what is rightfully his, and walk, continue to walk around with Big Platinum as champion. I love the fact that I can call back certain things about this, you know, when I can do that and just call back a particular match. And that one always will stick out in my mind. I brought this up to people I actually work with who, are, who follow professional wrestling like I do. And when I bring that up and I bring it up in certain situations, they get it and it makes sense and it clicks immediately. So if you are a WCW fan like I was back in the day as a young little young cub, um, it would make sense. You know, you would think, yeah, that actually makes sense. And you know what? Wow. You know, a little, little, little strike of the call back there. Like I said, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views ever, like hands down ever. No one can tell me different. You can say that whole pay-per-view sucked and I will tell you, go fuck yourself. But something like that, when you can think of a callback like that, is a nice little detail. I don't know if AEW thought of it like that, or they just really were just like, yeah, let's just do this. But if they really thought about that match in particular, A, that'd be dope as fuck. B, they probably didn't. And C, just for the sake of the conversation, they did. So, yeah. um, but I am going with Moxley to retain the championship. I think it's going to be a banger of a matchup. These two, I think, are going to be great. And I hope Vince McMahon watches this one in particular. And show and they show Vince McMahon what really happens when you fuck over these two guys, underutilize them to their not-so-world potential, and they put on a banger of a championship matchup and just show the world what they can do and realize that they have two proper main event guys that most fans will probably say were terribly underutilized in WWE toward their end of their runs. 
And last, but certainly not least, we will conclude our AEW Double or Nothing preview and predictions with the Stadium Stampede match, of course, given to us by none other than Chris Jericho, who is the reason why we have the Money in the Bank match in the first place. And if you think I'm fucking lying, go check Wikipedia right now. Because I actually talked about that in my Money in the Bank preview and predictions. And you can literally look that up right now. It's a simple Google search. Do your research. Chris Jericho did that? Yeah, that's his. All his idea. Loved it. Yeah. So it's not surprising that he would come up with a match like the Spring Stamp, uh, the Stadium, I was about to say Spring Stampede. <laughs> stadium Stampede. Where they're literally going to fight in TIAA Bank Field. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Because A, they can. B, it's the Con Stadium. <laughs> it's the, they are the owners of the freaking Jaguars. And I'm sure uh, Shot Con was probably like, yeah, we could do that. And uh, Daily Place is literally right next door to uh, TIAA Bank Field because literally they're connected. So, yeah, they can do that. <laughs> but. I think this is a very intriguing, innovative, interesting match. That's called alliteration, ladies and gentlemen. Booyah. Um, I think this is going to be a fun match. This is going to be a fun, fun matchup. And the reason I'm going to pick the inner circle to win is because of the fact that, you know, you can't let the, the elite have their cake and eat it, too. And also, when we get the blood and guts, more than likely the elite are going to win. Possibly. I didn't know. But it would seem to me as if, if we're going to head into all out with blood and guts, hopefully they do it in Chicago. Please, Illinois. Please, Illinois. Just, just make everything right and get prepared by August. Please. We would love you very much if you could have it in Chicago. Thank you. Sincerely, me. Um, but I think, right, I think... Everything is going to be leading to blood and guts. Come whenever the fuck they decide to do it. It's still going to happen. We know this. They've told us it's going to happen. And whenever everything is good to go, whenever, whenever wherever they have set a blood and guts matchup, um, I have that feeling that the elite are going to finally crush the inner circle and win that match. Um, but I think for this particular matchup, I'm going to go with the inner circle to defeat Matt Hardy and the Elite. Uh, also, given the fact that, yes, Hangman Page is back, but there's still a little tension between himself and the Elite, that being Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, there's still tension there. And I know some, and we all know somewhere down the line, Omega and Page are going to have that day. That day that a lot of people, I'm sure, aren't ready to see, that I've been ready to see for quite some time Page versus Omega. It's going to happen, and I've stated it. I actually stated this beginning of the year. All Out is the best place to do it, and we're still on schedule. Okay, um, I think right now the Inner Circle is hot. They got their thing going, and far be and yes, the Elite got one up on the Inner Circle. But I think on Saturday night, the Inner Circle are going to defeat the Elite, and uh, yeah. They will take the victory there at Spring Stampede. When we have, I think Blood and Guts is going to be the be-all, end-all between the, the Inner Circle and the Elite. That makes the most sense in the world. 
Um, you know, we're still, you know, they still have a fifth in Matt Hardy. So you can have Cody, Omega, Hardy, and the Bucks taking on the Inner Circle in one last matchup. Blood and Guts will be the end of the Inner Circle Inner, Inner Circle Elite feud. And that will complete everything. But I think for right now, Inner Circle will take it. Inner Circle takes this one. It'll be a fun, this is going to be a very fun matchup. Do I think it will be main event? I don't know. I don't think this will main event. Maybe. We don't know. Um, would it surprise me if they did? Nah, not really. This, I mean, as a main event, this has main event written all over it, but hopefully, I think the last moment we want to see of, it's either one or two moments we're going to see at the end of AEW or nothing. We're going to see either A, John Moxley taking back the AEW World Championship and holding it above his head, taking back the title that Brody Lee literally stole from his ass, or B, the inner circle celebrating their victory in the stadium stampede and, uh, Pretty much middle finger to the whole entire world, like I'm doing right now. Either one, either way, that either moment can end AEW double or nothing properly, and I wouldn't be mad at it whatsoever. But I am going with the inner circle defeating the elite in the stadium stampede match. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is gonna conclude our AEW double or nothing preview and predictions on the flip side of the break we get to talk about what happened on this past wednesday's episode the go home show of AEW dynamite in another installment of light the fuse we'll be right back Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another installment of Light the Fuse, where I talk about this past Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, break everything down, and pretty much, you know, talk about what we had seen from this past Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, in a nutshell. Now, this episode in particular will be a lot shorter than normal episodes of Light the Fuse, given the fact that I explained a good portion of of what has happened, for the most part, um, in my AEW Double or Nothing preview and predictions. And thank you very so, mu- so very much for sticking around this long. I know I can go very long-winded. Uh, and my apologies for that, but I'm trying to keep it down to a simple tone. So on this week's episode of Light the Fuse, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. Um, in particular, nothing too crazy is to the point of um, overkill or oversaturation of what I had spoken about in double in my double or nothing preview and predictions for the most part we pretty much have an idea of what we're going to be getting into i will say though as we begin this episode of light the fuse that this was a damn good episode especially a go home episode of aew dynamite for double or nothing they have really taken their time very well to um of course have everything sorted out by this past Wednesday for Dynamite, and for that, that is, I am very grateful and thankful for the fact that they've really done very well and making sure every single match that they have in this card has meaning behind it, a true storyline, um, something that we can look forward to and invest in for almost every single match on this card. They did everything they needed to do. This was a fantastic episode. I will easily, without fail, say this was a damn good 
go home episode, a fantastic go home episode, probably one of the better ones that I've seen in 2020, all in all of professional wrestling. And that in and of itself should be commended, given the fact that this week's uh, AEW um, ratings definitely showed that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, see if I can actually find it here on the rating scale. And let's go to Forbes for this one from Forbes.com. AEW Dynamite beats struggling WWE NXT with double or nothing go home show. This is, of course, written by none other than Alfred Kanua. And let's get into it real quick. AEW Dynamite. Excuse me. I actually have a little roast in my mouth. I just had dinner before I recorded this segment. Very delicious roast by my mother. Normally, I would make the roast. And uh, if you ever do it, do it in a crock pot, I guarantee you, if you leave it in there for at least like eight hours, it will become a lip smacking, um, very finger licking good deliciousness. I believe every single person in their home and apartments should have a crock pot in their possession uh, for the simple fact that it makes all of your meats, stews, chilies, and all that good stuff quite delicious. Uh, with that being said, let's let's begin this article. AEW Dynamite continued its winning ways against WWE NXT heading into double or nothing, bouncing back from its worst number in history last week. Dynamite drew an average viewership of 701,000, up 7% from 654,000 last week. Dynamite came in at number seven in the top 150 original cable telecast among the 18 to 49 demographic. NXT garnered only 592,000 viewers, down 2%. From 604,000 last week. NXT came in at number 53 in the 1849 demo. uh, The number was the NXT's fourth lowest of 2020 and it's the lowest since April Fool's Day. Much like last week's viewership when head to head against UFC, this week's viewership was matched against NASCAR's Toyota 500 at Darlington. As expected, this dynamic hardly affected AEW Dynamite's ability to bounce back in the young 18-49 demo. While NXT's audience, carried by an older 50-plus demographic, which I believe is bullshit, stayed relatively flat with last week. AEW Dynamite featured the final hype for this Saturday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. The pay-per-view, AEW's second of the year after February's critically acclaimed Revolution event, will be AEW's first of the pandemic era. It'll be interesting to see the type of business pro wrestling can drum up while being offered exclusively through traditional pay-per-view. A WWE pay-per-view buy rate doesn't tell us much about the promotions business after it moved pay-per-view rights to the WWE network where viewers can watch pay-per-views via a free trial or by paying $9.99. And forgive me, I'm trying to adjust myself on the couch. The empty arena wrestling has flopped viewership-wise despite people staying at home. As mentioned, last week's broadcast of AEW Dynamite drew the lowest viewership in the show's history while wwe raw is just two weeks removed from its worst viewership in history further discouraging for the combat sports promotions ufc has caught fire in empty in the empty arena era and let me see if there's any more yep last week's ufc fight night smith versus Teixeira effectively siphoned 18 to 49 viewers from aew and wwe while ufc 249 generated an impressive 700,000 pay-per-view buys Double or Nothing will provide very useful information on just how much demand, or lack thereof, there is for pro wrestling right now, especially with the strong resurgence and in shape Mike Tyson on the bill. 
AEW's Dynamite Go Home Show featured the unadvertised return of Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks, while the while NXT's Big Hook was a much anticipated potential career match between Drake Maverick and Kushida. WWE NXT was main evented by a no contest of sorts between Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai, which was a spoiler for me. Thanks a lot, Forbes. And of course, they um, go through all of the uh, highlights of. Um, both shows, um, more so NXT, but I will get into that. We'll talk about that on Tuesday when we get into, of course, last week, this week, and we'll talk about, we'll discuss all of that then. But it is a very, very interesting feature knowing that AEW bounced back from their lowest viewership in history of their, of the program to come back up 7% to get back up to over seven, barely over 700,000, while NXT went down 2% to under 600,000 at 592. So it does show that their go-home show really went across very, very well. Um, and again, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. And Jay-Z said that best back in the day. Yes, it's legit. So it even goes to show in the demographic in the, in, in the viewership ratings that um, that even a bounce back week uh, this, and uh, go, a proper go home show can do wonders for your uh, invest for fans investment in a particular pay per view. I definitely sure as hell will be buying AEW uh, Double or Nothing um, either tonight or tomorrow if I actually remember and. Um, there is no reason why this episode wouldn't be able to um, garner a hell of a, a very good amount or very good viewership rating in terms of pay-per-view buys um, of which the fact I will be one of them, whether I watch that Saturday night live, um, even though I'm going to meet up with a uh, meeting up with a friend for the first time in a couple of months uh, tomorrow night, uh, I'll probably bring my laptop and um, maybe we'll be able to, Watch it via my laptop or on the big screen that he has at this place. We'll figure it out from there. But I am going to bring my laptop um, because, well, I ain't trying to miss this pay-per-view because it has been built up very, very well. Now, considering that, that more than likely would be the most important thing, given the fact that um, it was a very damn good go-home show. The numbers don't reflect that. It bounced back from their worst show viewership-wise in history. Um, so far, but that's not the most important thing. What is the most important thing is that um, we had a couple of very unfortunate botches um, during this particular week's episode of AEW Dynamite. One being um, Ray Phoenix, who did a springboard uh, move off of the top rope onto the outside and barely landed on anyone, resulting in him hurting his back. Now, as far as we know, there is no injury report on Phoenix. He will be still competing in the casino ladder match um, come Saturday night. So, as far as we know, Phoenix is a go. Um, as far as the um, one of the other matches goes with um, the women's tag team match, and I'll get into that right now. Britt Baker had a little bit of a knee injury. Um, during her, during the tag women's tag team match between, uh, Rose and Baker against Sheeta and Statlander. 
towards the end of the match, we saw on camera that Britt looked like she may have hurted her, had hurted, had hurt her knee. I can't speak English today. I swear to God, had hurt her knee during the matchup, and that uh, we, and of course, it was the um, Double Death Valley driver that Sheeta and Statlander had used on Rose as a way to use her as a weapon and put her on um, Baker. Now, we do know that, you know, Rose is a very, very heavy set lady, but she uses that to manage her power and all that good stuff. Um, and of course, she won the match with the Beast Bomb, so that's also a big thing right there, giving her momentum towards um, AEW Double, uh, Double or Nothing this Saturday night. But that is also a big deal. Now, whether or not that is kayfabe or if it was an actual injury, we do not know. Nothing has really been reported as of late. Um, and nor am I going to try to attempt to speculate because that's kind of not my thing. Um, for those of you who do know, I like to make sure the facts, are, my facts are straight before I like to report anything. So we're going to keep it from there. Um, but that is, a, that is quite a big deal. And the tag match itself with the ladies was not, um, up to par for me. It was a decent match overall, but as far as the overall scheme of things, um, this match was kind of a bummer for me, and especially with the fact that, you know, Baker did hurt herself, did get hurt in her match against um, Sheeta and Statlander. It really wasn't up to, I mean, it was an okay matchup, but this really was a, could have been a better match, given the fact that all four ladies involved are going to be on the card for double or nothing tomorrow night. It just missed the mark for me. I would have loved to see a little bit more out of it. What could have been, I don't know. The Baker injury at that point really hurt the match a little bit. I don't know if that was intended or if that was an actual something happened with her knee. We don't know, but we know after the matchup, she was being carried out by referees towards the back. Um, again, we do not know if that was just kayfabe or if that was just, you know, or if it was actual, you know, uh, an actual injury that they wanted to look at. We don't know, but the match itself didn't come across very well. And it was kind of one of the lowlights for me. I don't usually um, have much to say in terms of anything bad for, you know, most dynamite shows i really don't you've noticed it in my shows uh in any many installments of, of like the fuse that you've been listening to for the past couple of months so every once in a while sometimes there is a mulligan thrown out there hopefully on saturday night um all four of these ladies put on a be- much better performance than they did um they did on wednesday night hopefully they really give us something given the fact that i have given the stamp of approval for Statlander and Baker to be possibly my dark horse match of the night. Um, I usually put a flyer on that. I try my best to try to see who would be the um, best out of it. But hopefully, you know, they all four of these ladies do put on a show for us come tomorrow night. And they really show us that, you know, just this one was just a simple mulligan. Now, there were a couple of nice little video packages that we did get from uh, this past Wednesday night in the form of Brody Lee, not Brody Lee, I'm sorry, and Darby Allen 
and one um, Pac. Now, in the video message from Darby Allen, Darby is playing cards with three others. One wearing a Ray Phoenix cutout, another has an Orange Cassidy one, and a third has a Kazarian one. At the same time, we see Darby climbing up a ladder. The fourth player is Cole Cabana. We then see Scorpio Skies, Kip Sabian, all losing to Darby. He reaches the top as he goes all in against Luchasaurus, but Darby burns the Joker, and he himself is then set on fire. Uh, as Chairshot.com says, um, is this Darby's way of saying that no matter the hand he has dealt, he will be the wild card that wins it all? Possibilities there. Um, I don't, as y'all know, I made my choice for um, who would win the casino ladder match. And if you want to go listen to that again, you can go back and listen to it for sure. That is the beginning of the second segment of this show. But Pac was the more interesting one of the group. Um, we see the bastard, of course, laughing at Elbow on his couch while watching Dynamite, stating, you probably thought with the whole word in chaos that you were safe from Death Triangle. You are not. I have been forced to stay home and weather the storm once before in my career, going back to his uh, days in the WWE. And he vows to never do that again. Fortunately, I no longer tread this path. He tells Orange Cassidy, you cocky little prick, that maybe tonight he finally gets over himself. Try or try not. Phoenix is the assassin who will kick your head off and to send him to his maker. Consider yourself a marked man. And possibly what he's talking about a, a future return to AEW Dynamite and going after Orange Cassidy, given the fact that Death Triangle and the best friends are in were in a feud actually prior to the coronavirus actually starting. So it doesn't it's not surprising that, you know, Pac is still gunning for Orange Cassidy, given the fact that they actually have had matches against each other. Um, it, wasn't, it doesn't surprise me that Pac believes he is, you know, sees Orange Cassidy is now a marked man, and Phoenix will probably do everything in his power to ensure that he doesn't win the casino ladder match. Maybe he returns at AEW Double or Nothing this Saturday night to screw over Orange Cassidy. Who knows? What I do know is that seeing Pac back on... AEW programming does put a smile on my face, um, given the fact that we haven't really seen Pac in quite some time. So it's always nice to see those who are not, we, we haven't seen on the roster in quite some time, come back and at least make a little bit of an appearance during AEW programming. One particular segment that really stuck out to me this past Wednesday night was the Face-to-face between Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts. This segment absolutely killed it. They killed this segment. They absolutely nailed it with this segment. Let's get into this. So we have both guys come in, sitting at the far ends of the table. I guess they're considering social distancing. Considering the fact that it is a long-ass fucking table. The Snake begins by saying, this is almost surreal to be across from you. All those years we crossed paths, but never in the ring against each other. I'm happy. I'm happy to see the rest of the dog and pony show. I'm happy that the rest of the dog and pony show isn't here. You usually aren't alone, but you better get used to it. People have dreams and people have nightmares. Those may not be real, but Archer is. Archer has destroyed everything put in front of him. Cody has wormed his way around and even sacrificed his own brother just so he wouldn't have to face Archer. But no more excuses or riddles. 
Cody must come face to face with the truth. And the truth is Lance Archer is one mean son of a bitch who will rip Cody's heart out. By the way, is this your weekend pass from home or what? We haven't seen you around. You're looking a bit thick. Arn says, you almost made me a believer. The, this really is surreal. This is a wishless moment here. A dream match of you and I. I got goosebumps. We're two guys that if they told someone a pissant could pull a freight train, you believe them. Because that's who we were. We're credible. Even at this distance, I can see the evil permeate from you. That used to scare a lot of people. I've heard it and saw it in the locker room. Then that on the snake in the bag, their nerves would be shot. But I realized way back that the bag was a distraction. The real snake is the one in your eyes and heart. Jake then replies by saying, I've been to hell and back. One more trip with you wouldn't be so bad. Arn replies, say that again. Jake then states the six feet between them isn't enough. Anytime, any place. The crowd behind him starts getting riled up. Arn says, though, tonight is about the corn. One of the things that I want to cover is that Iron Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement for one night to present the title. But word is through the grapevine is that Tyson gets free reign. He might go in the crowd, on the ceiling, flying with a helicopter, whatever he wants. And I'm honored to share the floor with him. But are you going to try and use Damien on Tyson? How's that going to turn out? Jake then says that whatever he throws at Tyson will take him down. Archer has been, I promised Archer first shot at Tyson just for fun. And I reassure you that Archer can do it. I was hoping that Bimbo Brandy was going to present the belt. I'd love to bump into her trying to get under Arn's skin. Very, very nice touch. Well, another tidbit I will share now talking about Arn that the snake has out of the bag, no pun intended, is that Cody looked Arn, looked me in the eyes and said, I don't want to win the TNT Championship because I can get a nice table at a restaurant. I get a pay raise. I get the admiration of the fans. He wants to win because he has to. He isn't just the son of Dusty Rhodes or the brother of Dustin Rhodes. He is a leader of AEW that has turned the business on his head in a year's time and made it the product that it is. This is why Cody has to win. He needs to know. I need to know his leadership is being recognized. Now you see Jake getting nervous a little bit since he threatened Arn as well, because I'm a vicious prick. The only reason I don't jump, don't just jump this table is because I have some good news. Everyone know that Jake is doing DDP yoga. That's good because I'll need to be real limber when I spine buster your ass and shove your head where the sun don't shine. Jake, Jake, of course, had enough, tossing the table aside and shoving Shivani. Referees come down to keep the peace. Crowd wants him to fight. Arn dares Jake to do something, but the snake simply walks away. This is two old school guys who sure as hell know how to talk, giving you 10 minutes of pure brilliance. When you have characters like Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts being able to just go back and forth, trade bars with each other, it's moments like this that really make me enjoy AEW programming that much more. 
I enjoy it thoroughly. But seeing Arn and Jake trade bar, trade you know bars with each other, it's a beautiful thing, and it really drove home what this match is going to be with Cody and Lance come tomorrow night. And I'm sure if Tyson is given free reign around the ring or wherever he wants to be, he will play a factor in the decision of how Archer and Cody will go come tomorrow night. See here. I just want to see where I, what I want. I know I have one thing I want to talk about. I just want to make sure everything's Gucci. Oh, I got two more things I kind of want to discuss before we get out of here for the weekend. Let's get into the world title situation real quick. We know that this past Wednesday night, Moxley went one-on-one with Preston Vance, what I thought was a decent match. Um, Of course, Moxley got the victory, but it's what happened after the match that really drove this home. Now, after... Moxley gets the victory over Preston Vance, a.k.a. 10. Right. And before I continue on, I wanted to let you guys know that this is your obligatory Marley moment of the show. Because you're staring at daggers in my eyes if I don't actually put one in this episode. This portion of the episode is brought to you by Marley herself. Who wants to, of course, remind you guys that during this uh, pandemic, to make sure you have your adi- you drink your adequate amount of water... Get it, get enough, get your adequate amount of sleep anywhere up to what she says, seven to nine hours a night, even though it's recommended you get at least six to eight hours every evening. Um, make sure you get plenty of exercise when necessary and always make sure that, um, what was that? You sure? Okay. And to always make sure that even though um, we are in a pandemic and you're trying to have a, you know, enjoy a healthy diet. You know, you're, of course, getting your adequate amount of exercise. Make sure you treat yourself every once in a while and enjoy a treat seat or two. That is her words, not mine. That, again, of course, is your obligatory Marley moment of show. Black to you by my unofficial co-host, Miss Marley Hope. Getting back into the episode. Marksley. Brings in two chairs. Grabs a mic as he heads back into the ring. Takes off the Dark Order armbands of Preston Vance. And puts Vance's arm inside one of the chairs. Of course, he's telling him to stop squirreling while he talks. He begins by saying, Now, I don't know the strategy behind Mr. Brody stealing my property. Message, hostile takeover, some sort of cult crap. Who cares? But in the end, I know you're trying to punk me out. I'm not going to go chasing you all around backstage like a geek. Instead, I'm going to give you 10 seconds before I break Ten's arm. He's your favorite, isn't he? Is he the special boy? Countdown begins, and he starts his countdown. Brody then gets on the on Titan Tron by saying, You do not call the shots. You have made your bed, and I will ensure to put you to sleep in it. If you wanted the belt back, you could have just asked. Saturday is about you and me. I mean business, but you made it personal. We all have to make sacrifices for so for tonight. We're leaving. He, the Beaver Boys, and Big Platinum leave the building. In that case, Moxley says, see you Saturday. 
concerto right to his arm. Sacrificing a man for the greater good of making sure that the belt stays with Brody Lee until at least Saturday night. In the Brody, of course, in the hopes of thinking Moxley was going to go after him for the championship, Moxley pulled the okie doke and pretty much was just like, nah, fam, fuck you, I'm good. How about you bring your ass down here if you want to save your favorite guy? Brody Lee said, nah, I'm good. And allowed 10 to, of course, eat a concerto and fuck his arm up. Later on that ne- on Wednesday, I, I don't know the lady's name who he spoke with, but he did a little backstage segment. Let me see if I can find it here. Now, before she tells him, Mox, you know, she says Moxley broke number 10 and now he's after Brody Lee. Moxley replies by saying, in sports and business and life, everything is a reduction to violence eventually. Arguments over moving cars, arguments over fines, and it only gets worse from there. I want my belt back. Brody refused. I threatened to break someone's arm. Brody says he can go ahead. It only gets worse from here. Double or nothing is going to get pretty bad as 280 pounds gets dumped on Brody's head. Brody will go to sleep having lost the match and having lost everything else. He will just be a guy in a nice suit surrounded by a bunch of creeps in Gip Mask repairing his shattered ego. It was nice knowing you, Mr. Brody. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Moxley. He's basically saying everything is going to come to violence eventually and you and I got to deal with that on Saturday night. Nice knowing you. I love the fact that they really have, you know, put this into perspective. You know, Moxley wants his title back. Brody has something that he technically owns. This is going to get ugly. This is going to be a fight. And I think this is going to be the kind of night that, you know, that I honestly need to see that will need to be seen. And I honestly can't just wait to see what actually happens with Brody Lee and John Moxley. And to round out this week's episode of light the fuse, I want to talk about the return of hangman page. Now I had a feeling that if it got to the point where it was going to be the elite and inner circle going at it one last time before the pay-per-view before their stadium stampede match, that hopefully Hangman Page would return as well. Now, it all started after the um, Sammy Guevara-Matt Hardy matchup, which was actually a really fun main event to watch. They really had a lot of back and forth. Really, in, I thoroughly enjoyed this 100%. Great matchup, great solid main event. And I keep saying it over and over again. Sammy Guevara so far has been the MVP of AEW in, in 2020. Hands down, and ain't even no conversation for you. Talk to the cannon. Let's grab uh, my drink keys up here. Hi. Yes, Marley, I did my obligatory moment for you. You already got one. You don't need to. <laughs> She's such a butt. But I do love that dog to death. Yes, I love you. Now go play. 
So what happened after the matchup is what we want to talk about and discuss. Excuse me. Of course, vengeance must be had for Vanguard 1. Hardy grabbed the chair, brings it to Sammy in the ring, but the inner circle then gets on the Titan Tron. They have Kemi Omega against the goalpost in TIAA Bank Field. Jericho states, we destroyed Vanguard, and now we'll destroy Omega. Of course, they throw water on Omega to wake him up, and then Jericho swings his bat right onto Omega's ribs. Out come the Young Bucks, and leap on the proud and powerful from the stands. Now we start the fight. Hager goes over, eats a super kick from one of the Bucks. Nick Jackson uses a chair on Jericho, and then Santana and Ortiz and Hager. Matt clubbing on Hager and Nat blocking in a bad attack with a chair shot, uh, which hurt his hands. Hardy arrives, and the brawl grows. It's now, a, uh, at this point, a four-on-three matchup. Uh, they found the football field with chairs and bats. It's now four-on-three, and the earner circle starts getting the advantage. The Bucks rally back, but out comes Hangman Page just running all the way down the field. Larry, huge Larry to Hager. One for Jericho, evening the odds, beating down Jericho, throwing Jericho onto the goalpost. Omega then recovers. Elite starts getting the advantage. And the inner circle retreats, realizing it's now a five-on-four advantage for the Elite. After everything happened, of course, Hangman's still kind of in his fifis. Walking, wanders off on his own as they play the Elite music. And he's not really truly to be back in the fold just yet, but he will be there on Saturday night. At that point, we, will not, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Mr. Hangman Page. Anything can happen in the stadium stampede match, but it was a really nice way to at least, for a moment, let the elite have their moment. And that kind of was part of the reason why I stated that the inner circle will defeat the elite, because we all know, and even Mitchell said this, um, if I can find the quote here. Quote, not that, it, oh no. The Bucks and Hangman made great returns, and we got a preview of the stadium stampede. But I think the elite standing tall means they're losing. Now, the AEW always follows similar similar path to WWE or other promotions, but it'd almost be too much if the elite had their cake and ate it too. Maybe the dysfunction is still strong between Hangman and the Bucks, and that cost him in the end. At a certain point, Omega and Hangman have to feel that tension too. And I think that costs them their tag titles once they have new contenders. And quote, basically what I basically said on the uh, preview and predictions for AEW Double or Nothing in the second segment, same concept. I, I just follow kind of the old school way of booking. The Elite got the uh, standing tall moment at the end of AEW Dynamite this past week. And um, it wouldn't surprise me that the inner circle get the victory over here. But I still have that feeling that overall, when all is said and done, the Elite get the last laugh in blood and guts and defeat the Inner Circle. And as I do that, as a tradition, I close my laptop, take my cell phone and place it on top of that. I will say, Dynamite's go-home show this past Wednesday night really easily brought it home. It really brought home the fact that this pay-per-view is going to be off the charts um, with the the matches they have on the card, every match does have meaning behind it. Every match has a feel behind it that you can really get behind, a storyline that we can all dig. And, um, you know, something we all can enjoy every single match from top to bottom, even the Sean Spears-Dustin Rose match that was just made on Wednesday night. Uh, given the fact that Sean Spears believes he doesn't have any more, and he's going to actually prove it to Dustin Rhodes 
Um, of course, hearkening back to what happened with our, uh, Dustin in the, tur- the tournament semifinals against Lance, all that stuff brought everything up and all this stuff. So, it, so even that got a little bit of backstory. So, Dynamite did exactly what they needed it to do on Wednesday night. And now you, as the watcher of AEW Dynamite, are now invested in what's going to happen on Saturday. And that's kind of what they need to do. Now, NXT does the same thing as well. They are able to have go-home shows that really get you prepared and get your mind right for said pay-per-view. Of course, I'm sure NXT will definitely do their damn thing uh, over the next two episodes uh, coming up this Wednesday night and the Wednesday night after that on June 3rd. So it wouldn't surprise me that, um, you know, NXT will be dipping into their bag of tricks over the next couple of episodes. Um, but they, re- but this, you know, they really, really stepped their game up this week. And talking about AEW, they've really stepped their game up. And they really, over the last, I'd say, three, four weeks, have really gotten you prepared for what is about to happen on Saturday night. There's nothing else. Um, there's nothing else you know, that needs to be said. The chapter, the last chapter has been written and all we need to see now is um, what will go down on Saturday night. Everything has been, like I said, every chapter has been written up until this point. This is now the last chapter for this particular portion of the year as we go now into quarter two. As we finish off quarter two and start beginning in quarter three of the year as we head towards all out. Um This personally, to me, is probably, this is one, I mean, this is going to be the year anniversary. This will be one year in the making. Um, A year that has spanned, that we've seen so many things go down. AEW Dynamite be, you know, we had Double or Nothing be their first full uh, true pay-per-view. We then had All Out, the amazing banger of the show that was. Um, We then got Dynamite beginning in October. Full gear then happening the next month in November. We then had of course, these winter months leading into AEW's first pay-per-view of the year with Revolution. We didn't even know what that was going to be like. And now we fully have quarterly pay-per-views. They now have a model that they can work with. You know, They have a model that they have now. Quarterly pay-per-views, tell the stories in between for three months leading up to that particular pay-per-view. A model that was, that was easily tried and true by WWE for many a moon until they started going monthly pay-per-views. And net and full on 100% that they have the model down. They've got it down now to a science. They still have to work on certain things. And that has been discussed many, many times. But now we know what they have to do. This is a year in the making. You know, this is their second. Now they're going with their second go around of pay-per-views. They're now beginning their second go around. And this, you know, as we, as we begin the, sec, the second full year of pay-per-views, technically, I think this Double or Nothing will easily beat what they got what we got last year. Of course, yes, we had the Kenny Omega-Chris Jericho match. That was an absolute banger. But I think this go-around, we're going to see... Now we have full build to the pay-per-view. We don't have, you know, just vignettes or we're just making matches. Or anything like that. We now have a full. We had a full build towards the, I guess the true first pay per view they ever put on for AEW history, and um, I'm very happy for AEW 
going through this first year, you know, of pay-per-views. They've, they've really done a lot of good things. Of course, AEW Dynamite being one of them. Now, we begin their second year of pay-per-views, and we're getting a card that I believe can stand up to any of the other pay-per-views that we're going to see. Hopefully, on Saturday night, they really do exactly what I think they're going to do, which is actually give us a damn good show. Um, They have the matches built up. They have everything they need to have this show be a success. It is now time to write that last chapter of this portion of the program and see what happens after. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude this week's installment of Light the Fuse, and will also conclude this week's episode, episode 208 of the YLP Podcast. On the flip side of the break, we're going to end the show in proper YLP faction and get you ready. Fact, faction. Fashion. My apologies. And get you prepared for episode 209 of the YLP Podcast when we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Double or nothing. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 208 of the YLP podcast. Getting you prepared for tomorrow night's pay-per-view or if you're listening to this on saturday tonight's aew double or nothing pay-per-view i want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day your night your afternoon and your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast and as always i greatly and truly appreciate it of course once again i want to let you guys know that we do have a Memorial Day sale going on over on my Teespring at teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection 10% off your entire order at checkout using the code merch sale and three RCH SALE all word uh, all one word I should say or winning think Charlie Sheen you're welcome at checkout and you get 10% off your entire or die. It's a beautiful thing. You know, again, nothing wrong with getting you yourself and treating yourself to some sweet YLP merch that you can wear all summer long. Again, I have clothes for men, women, and of course the young cubs out there. That's what we're calling the, you know, the youngins, uh, the YLP universe, the young cubs. Before you become a young lion, you must be a young cub. Uh, of course, for the fellas, I got tank tops and I got dope ass t-shirts with the YLP logo on it. It's so damn fresh. Um, for the ladies, I do have four tank top boyfriend tees, and of course, for the ladies who like to get their workout on, or they just want to look good in the streets and want to represent the YLP movement in proper YLP fashion, I do have the leggings out for y'all as well. Wonderfully nice on the right side with the YLP logo and the nice little Russell Attic radio on the boot tag. Fellas, you want to enjoy it. Trust me, ladies, you will enjoy that. Plus, as your fellow will when you rock them YLP joints. For the kids, of course, I have kids and toddler t shirts. Um, of course, like I said, all the young cubs can look fresh in their YLP gear as well. Of course, as well as hoodies, crew neck shirts. Of course, ladies and fellas, I can all rock that as well. Um, 
Also, I have accessories, of course. Talking mugs, bath towels, bath towels, beach towels. You can use it for the bath, too. I'm sure they're 100% cotton and they're very, very absorbent of whatever liquid you have on your stuff. Just don't use it for any dog food. That's not a good thing. As well as YLP socks, because it is, because of course, you want to have the YLP shirt. Why not have a nice couple pairs of the YLP shoes? I wish I had YLP shoes. I should say YLP socks to make sure your sock game is proper for the entire summer, as well as organic tote bags. Because, you know, sometimes they're going to keep it organic around here. And tapestries, as well, you can hang on your wall. It's like I have the American flag on mine. All for a wonderful, reasonable price. And you can check that all on. Teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection. Get yourself some YLP merch today again. Use code merch sale M3RCHSLE or winning at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Sale will end on midnight on Memorial Day. So you definitely want to get yourself some merch right now. Trust me, do it now. Why you're, you're listening to this? Get it right now. Anyway, also for 17 cents a day, y'all know. 17 cents a day usually doesn't get you much in this world, but it can get you a spot on our Patreon. Yes, Patreon.com/slash Wrestle Addict Radio. 17 cents a day, equaling five dollars a month, gets you access to shows you will not normally you will not hear anywhere else but our Patreon. You won't even hear on regular Wrestle Addict Radio programming shows like Love in War. My show, The Secret Files, Fred's Fave 5, and much, much more. Also, you get to be a part of a very exclusive group chat that we have going on right now that I truly love to be a part of. Um, we just got a couple of new patrons in, and thank you for all those who have been a part of the Patreon movement. Um, shout out to Kavita. Welcome to the squad. Uh, yes, I do like to do shout outs every once in a while for new members, so they feel Welcome uh, from yours truly. Again, Kavita, congratulations and welcome to the War Realm. Um, also, you get to uh, get, uh, you know, articles. Um, and also, the most one of the more important things, you get an exclusive discount that you will not get anywhere else for merch that we have on our Teespring stores. That, of course, being mine, King Ricky Rose's, Fretzelmanians, The Game Changer Podcast, The Delight Show, and the HBIC uh, collection as well as the original war collection as well uh that is something i know y'all would like to enjoy and all that good stuff uh we, of course we have the sale going on but you do get a discount as well if you are part of the patreon squad so i hope you guys have been enjoying that and of course if you like i, I should have said this with my teespring stuff when you get merch show it off tag us in in your you know, when you get your gear let us know that you do support the ylp movement or any of the other movements that we have in the war realm, and show some love. Rock that joint, tag me in it, with the, and also put the hashtag, we are war, so letting me know that you got yourself some fresh, sweet YLP merch that you're going to rock this summer, and make all your friends jealous and wonder, why. where did you get that fresh shit from? Uh, Teespring.com slash d-yLP-collection. Mm-hmm. It'd be like that. Of course, if you have any thoughts, opinions, uh, viewpoints, anything I may have missed from today's episode or anything that you, I may have missed from this past week's episodes, of course, that being news of the weekend, um, last week, this week, and of course, Light the Fuse this evening, as well as my preview predictions, what you are thinking or who are going to win, um, sound off, let your voice be heard, leave a voice message, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Russell Addict Radio, and also you can go over to Ambiguous 
podcastsolutions.com. Go over to the YLP page. Leave a comment on this episode. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you think of this episode. All that good stuff. Happy Honky Dory happiness. All that stuff. Let me know what I did bad, what I did good, what you thought of it. You know, all that fun stuff. Um, and if I like it enough over on the anchor side of things, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP podcast. I've done it before and I have no problem doing it again. Show some love. Let me know what you're thinking and leave us a voice message today. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook Messenger, Gab, whatever you got. Hit him, hit him up in the DMs, send it in a text message, let him know, hey, I'm listening to this you know, YLP cat. Looks like you got some good viewpoints in the world of professional wrestling. I'm thinking you want to check that out and see what you got. You know, let me let me know what you think about that frenzy and all that good stuff. Share the spread the word. Because y'all know, of course, in these unprecedented times, we here at the, of course, in the Wild Universe and the War Nation, we are here to not only be the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but of course, the Wild Podcast, myself, the K the Kings of the Rings podcast. The Game Changer Podcast and the Delight Show with Men Sapel again are not only the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app, and that's understandable. Everybody has their favorite streaming platform they want to use for listening to a certain podcast. I have my favorites as well. When I do have the time to listen to podcasts, I like to use Anchor, of course, because that's the home base for everything as YLP. But if you think we're just a one-dimensional thing, if you think Anchor's just the only home base that we've got, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. Not only can you check this episode of the uh, YLP podcast on uh, Anchor, you can also check out the KOTR podcast, Kings of the Rings podcast with Kate, Will, and King Ricky Rose, the Game Changer podcast with Nate and Mr. Fretz, and a delight show with Mont Chappelle. And I just love to say it like that. It bees what it bees. Of course, several different platforms, including, of course, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. But also, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Player FM, Overcast, Castbox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Light Show with Man Chappelle across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding them whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, follow me on my socials. Yes, yes, I have a couple of socials. I don't use them often, but you can find me over on Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R. Capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night when I don't have prior engagements. SmackDown Live every Wednesday night. And as of right now, I am kind of a bit behind. And I probably won't be doing much of that either for tonight. Um, every WWE Live pay-per-view, and I will be doing that for Backlash on June 14th. Every AEW Live pay-per-view, I will be live tweeting for Double or Nothing tomorrow night. Or if you're listening to this tomorrow, or listening to this on Saturday, tonight, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and I will be live tweeting for NXT in your house on June the 7th. And once we get back into the swing of things with New Japan Pro Wrestling, I do live tweet for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. When it's 3.30 in the morning, I've gone to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep. I, of course, do live tweeting for that. 
I do have the tweets to prove it. Promise you when I tell you. Always good times. Excuse me. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, which is the homepage and the home base for everything that is the YLP universe, I can be followed over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective memes, uh, news updates, and the men's just died. Um, 60 second thought videos, updates on what you'll be expecting from certain shows in case you missed it. All that good stuff. You know, good times over there. I appreciate all of y'all for keeping me at over a thousand followers. Keep the movement going. Spread the word. Let the people know about all my socials. And of course, I don't like to put this out there often, but I do have a Facebook page as well. If you want to go to facebook.com slash Young Lions Perspective Podcast, I do have a Facebook page over there. Pretty much everything that goes from Instagram also goes into my Facebook. I have them both connected. It'd be like that sometimes. So whatever you post you see from Instagram, you can also find on Facebook as well. Like the page, spread the word, share the news. Yes, I do have a Facebook. Search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast and enjoy that movement today. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. So, of course, I'm not even going to look at the judges at the end of the week, and it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm actually taking hiatus for the weekend also observing the Memorial Day weekend as well, and it will be back on Monday to make sure my obligations have been met. Except the Danish guy. I don't like... <clears throat> Except the Danish guy. No, no, he's always there eating ramen for no reason. Weird dude, but I don't mind him. He's all right in my book. And he gave me the thumbs up regardless. Anyway, episode 209, of course, will be going down this Monday night where we get to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly that was... AEW double or nothing. Yes, I'll be talking about the highlights, the lowlights, everything in between, and of course, be handing out awards for my top three matches of what will be my top three matches of the night, my worst match of the night, who was the MVP of AEW double or nothing, and of course, the most important thing about the good, the bad, and the ugly, my final grade for what is, for what is will be this Saturday night's AEW double or nothing pay per view. Always a good show. Always gives you always gets good support from you guys, and I appreciate all y'all for check enjoying the good, the bad, and the ugly during the months. Uh, at, during the, the morning, the, the Monday, I should say after pay per views. Much appreciated, and I can't wait to see you guys for that. Um, other than that, guys, it is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I know most of you uh, right now in the country um, are still on somewhat lockdown. I know here in Jersey, we are opening up the beaches uh, to a limited capacity, of course, with social distancing. Uh, when nine times out of ten, <laughs> this just got thrown ten feet. That shit was funny as hell. Eddie died. Um, I know most. I know for most of us in the state of New Jersey and in New York, beaches are closed. We're hearing, you know, in New York, they're you know pretty much going to yank anyone that goes into the water because for reasons I can never understand nor comprehend. Um, in Jersey, it's going to be limited capacity. You know, with beach badges, uh, pretty much keeping it to local stuff. It bees what it bees, I understand. Um, either way, I, I know for a fact that um, outdoor events have been lifted in the state of New Jersey from 10 to 25 people, and indoor gatherings are still at only to 10 people. So if you're planning on having that cookout and it's outside, you can have, tw- you, of course, including yourself, 25 people, and you can have a nice little decent gathering for the Memorial Day weekend festivities. Normally, this will be a jumping weekend. I would literally be uh, planning my uh, workout, getting ready for Saturday. But unfortunately, of course, to coronavirus be damned. 
Um, gyms are still fucking closed. So that's just going to be all types of happy, happy, I want to vomit. And it was there, tomorrow actually would be leg day at the gym, which is, fucking God. Anyway, um, Memorial Day weekend is not only just a weekend for, you know, enjoying festivities of sorts, it is also a weekend to remember those who have perished, um, you know, in our military. That is one thing a lot of people do kind of have misconception of, um, you know, I always do I always do a show for Veterans Day. Um, it is one of my favorite shows to do. Um, I did one last year, and of course Memorial Day, same thing. Um, I'll have one more of more uh, a little bit more of a speech um, on Monday, but uh, make sure you observe the holiday properly. Make sure you are enjoying yourself. For those who have uh, states who have reopened, enjoy yourself. Um, enjoy yourself responsibly, and make sure you do take that Uber or Lyft home. Um, you know, if you're going to be going out this weekend, please be careful. Because um, I know, I mean, coronavirus may not take you out, but I guarantee you that a DWI may definitely take you out. And I, I promise you, a, at least $10,000 bill on your on your shoulders is definitely not the best thing uh, to have kicking off Memorial Day weekend festivities as we kick off the summer in proper fashion. So make sure you stay safe out there. Enjoy it. Make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home. And um, yeah, you know, just enjoy yourselves. For those that are still in lockdown, you know, I'm sure... Uh, like New Jersey, we are able to have outdoor festivities of 25 people. So we are kind of, you know, letting things go a little bit. So that's okay in my book. But we, I really wish uh, Murphy would consider reopening a bit more, you know. Uh, I do understand the five-stage plan, uh, five plan, and to me it kind of sucks. But again, this is not a politics show. We ain't about that time to talk. Strictly professional wrestling. I'm just giving you my opinion on certain things. Other than that, guys, I'm rambling on and on. Other than that, guys, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy yourself responsibly. Enjoy AEW Double or Nothing tomorrow night. And I'll see you guys right back here for episode 209 of the YLP Podcast. Happy Memorial Day. See you.